Hey, my name's Ben. I'm one of the pastors here at EV. And what a joy it is to be able to gather on Christmas morning to celebrate Jesus, his birth, what he's done for us. It's a chance to stop and reflect, to gather with our families, and particularly after so many years of lockdowns and COVID, to be able to kind of get together. There's something really special about Christmas, isn't there? And, and to center it on reminding ourselves of Jesus and his birth. See, one of the things we do to get at Christmas is we get together with our families. There's something that's very um, family-centered about Christmas. And, and the family that you gather with kind of helps you feel like you know yourself, don't they? That's what families do. There's the familiarity of it. So, you know, the, your cousins and your uncles and hearing stories about, you know, what your parents were like as teenagers. I love hearing those stories at the family gathering. Uh, I know for some of us this year, we won't be seeing family at Christmas. That might be because um, we, we can't. We live in different parts of the world or because we don't want to. There's brokenness in our families. I know that's the case for some of us this morning. That'll be the case for my family. We're actually spread across four different countries this Christmas, so we're not going to be able to gather together. But for lots of us, though, there's the warmth and the security that comes from getting together with family, where we're known, where, where we belong. Because family shows us who we are and where we belong, don't they? But of course, what do we do when we get together with our families? We feast, don't we? That's what we do at Christmas. It's this near universal idea that we want to celebrate a special time in the year. We get together and we eat stacks of food. Uh, I've been asking people over the last month or so, what are they going to do at Christmas with their family? And, uh, and from a whole range of different kind of cultural backgrounds, New Zealand, Filipino, Dutch, Aussie, uh, Indian, all these different backgrounds, and everyone's answer was the same. It had to do with getting together and feasting, sharing a Christmas meal together. See, I want to give us two truths to hold on to this morning as we go out from church to whatever comes next, the Christmas feast that we're going to have today, Boxing Day, over the next few days. Two truths to hold on to to keep at the center of Christmas. The first one is that in Jesus, in his birth, we've been invited to God's family feast. See, think about it. Who's, who's going to be at your family Christmas? Well, it's, it's family, isn't it? And, and close friends who are like family. It, you might not get along with Uncle Kevin or that weird other cousin, but there's something, isn't there, about gathering together with family that, that is kind of central to what we do. It would feel off if you weren't at your family at your family Christmas. See, why do you belong at family Christmas? Because you're family. That's why you belong. And the thing about family Christmas is, if you're not part of the family, you can't just turn up. That'd be weird, right? There's my top tip for Christmas. You can't just rock up to someone else's family Christmas. That'd be weird. You need to get an invitation. And if you do get that invitation, it's a big deal. I remember, for me, the first time I uh, went along to Sophie's family Christmas. It was about 10 years ago. Sophie, my now wife, uh, we were dating at the time. And we'd been dating for a little while, but I showed up to Christmas, and she's the youngest 
of, a, of, four, of three other siblings, so four of them, and her, uh, she's got a lot of cousins as well, and she's kind of the youngest of the whole family tribe. And I remember there was a lot of questions to me, a lot of kind of get-to-know-you questions. You could almost call it a bit of a grilling, right? I don't know if you've had this experience going to family Christmas. See, we'd been dating for a little while, and you know, I was kind of I was boyfriend material, but the family's question was, well, are you family material? You know, coming to family Christmas is a big deal. And that's exactly what we celebrate at Christmas. See, Jesus' birth is the moment in history when God invites us to be part of his family. See, look at what the Bible has to say from Colossians chapter 1, sentence 19. Look what it says about Jesus. It says this, For God was pleased... To have all his fullness dwell in him. So at Christmas, what we celebrate is that God, in all of his fullness, came to be with us. See, it wasn't just that Jesus was a man pretending to be God. He's not one of many that just kind of could do some miraculous things. And it's not that God just pretended to be a human. See, what we celebrate at Christmas is that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, God in himself, in his fullness, came to us to dwell with us on earth. That this little baby had all of the power and divinity and majesty of God, but yet came and was born into a humble manger in a stable with all of the frailty of being a baby 2,000 years ago. See, just like the fact that at Christmas, we need a, we need a family member to invite us to the family feast, only God can invite us into relationship with God, into his family. And so at Christmas, what we see is that Jesus is the one who invites us into his family by coming to us. But more than just coming to be on earth, Jesus comes with a purpose. See what the next sentence, sentence 20 says. It says, Through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. See, the reality is that we didn't have no relationship with God before Jesus came into the world. We actually had a broken relationship. Can you imagine, right, if you brought your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend or whatever along to Christmas lunch and they showed up and they ate all the food and they badmouthed all your family and then they left taking the pavlova with them claiming that it was an Australian invention? Can you... Can you imagine what the family would be like? They, their drawers would just drop. That, that's, that's, what, that's what our relationship with God is like. See, the, the Bible says that we've ignored God, that we've rebelled against him, and that we haven't chosen to listen to him. See, we, we've decided our lives would be better if we meta, metaphorically stole the pavlova, if we decided to have nothing to do with God and just live life according to our own ideas, what we think would be best. But the beauty of Christmas is that at Christmas, Jesus entered into our world with a plan, a plan to bring peace, to reconcile us. That's what sentence 20 says, to fix the broken relationship that we have with God by dying for us, by sacrificing his life for us. See, because just like how only God can invite us into relationship with God, only God can forgive our sin against him, against God. He's the one that has to enter into our world and do something about it. See, Jesus' birth is our invitation to join God's family, to belong. 
And we all have this innate desire within us to belong to something bigger than ourselves. And that's exactly what we celebrate at Christmas. See, have a look at this diagram with me. I stole this from Andy Crouch, and he, he, he puts it like this. To belong is to be both fully known and fully loved. See, if you're known without being loved, it means that someone has gotten to know you and then said, I don't want anything to do with you. That's a rejection, right? And to be loved when you're not actually known, that's to just kind of fit in, to be accepted without actually someone taking the time to care about you and get to know you. And if you're neither loved or known, well, that's to be on your own. It's to be alienated. But the truth that we celebrate with the birth of Jesus at Christmas is that God came to earth so that he could fully know us and fully love us. That rather than what we deserved for our sin against him, rejection or alienation, what did we get? We got peace from God. See, he actually got to know us, saw our brokenness and the brokenness of humanity, and then dove in and did something about it. He knows us at our worst, and yet he loves us fully. So that's the first truth we need to remember this Christmas, that Jesus invites us into God's family to be fully known and fully loved. It's a great truth to hold on to. But secondly, we need to remember to make sure that we feast on the right things this Christmas. See, that sounds easy, doesn't it? Surely if there's any time that it's easy to feast, it's Christmas. But the problem is that Christmas is full of Christmas snacks that you don't usually see throughout the year. See, mince pies, right? For 11 months of the year, no one thinks about mince pies. No one even, like, then you can't, you can't buy a mince pie. And then for one month of the year, they're suddenly just everywhere. And I was like, mince pies or rum balls or candy canes, right? No one's just like walking around with a candy cane in July. They're these kind of Christmas snacks that we have. Or, or the random deli meats or, you know, the like mixed nuts that you get on a platter with the random ones like Brazil nuts. And you're like, I don't even know what that nut is. Uh, or, or, the, or the cheese platters, right? Everyone kind of brings a random assortment of cheeses and just kind of put them all on a platter with 16 different types of crackers. And it's just sitting there in front of you all morning and you're kind of just tempted to kind of snack on all the goodness around you at Christmas. But the danger of Christmas is that you snack on all those good things and you've got no room left for what's at the center, the Christmas lunch, Right, no room left for the roast lamb, the, the, cook, the roast veggies, the carved ham, all the desserts, all the trimmings. And what do we do? Oh, we just do it anyway, right? And then have a food coma collapsing on the couch, watching the cricket or a Christmas movie, or maybe going and playing with our kids if they can kind of annoy us enough till we get up and do it. See, we can do the same thing spiritually at Christmas too. We can fill up on the snacks, on the good things, like enjoying time together as a family, presents, time off work, making memories, going and looking at Christmas lights, the parties, the Santa photos, all the good stuff that Christmas has to offer. And we, we fill up on it, but we leave no room for the main thing of Christmas, Jesus. See, in John's biography of the life of Jesus, there's this striking moment in chapter 6, which Sarah read out for us earlier. Jesus has just fed 5,000 people with a boy's pack lunch. 
a few loaves of bread, a few fish. It's a miracle. And this huge crowd is kind of following Jesus around, wanting to know what is he going to do next? It's kind of like a traveling circus. They're waiting for the next meal, the next miracle from Jesus. What's he going to do? And have a look at what Jesus says to them in John 6, 35. He says, I'm the bread of life. Jesus told them, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. To this crowd looking for a free meal or a fun bit of entertainment, Jesus says that he's the bread of life. See, back in that day, bread was the kind of staple food. That was what everyone would kind of eat, that they would rely on for their physical sustenance. And Jesus is using a metaphor here. He's not saying he's literally bread and water, but what he's saying is that he's the crucial thing that you need each and every day for true life, for eternal life, for, for satisfaction that won't end. See, Jesus is saying that we need to trust him like what we would trust bread. Trust him to give us the life that we need. He's saying that he's the only one that truly satisfies. That every other thing that you eat or drink will leave you hungry and thirsty, again wanting more. But that in Jesus we can have true life that truly satisfies. See, there are lots of good things in our lives that we can fill up on. Family, parties, career, holidays, relationships. Things that all taste good, that are good, but that won't ultimately satisfy us. But only Jesus truly satisfies. Only Jesus brings true life. And so can I encourage you this Christmas to fill up on Jesus. I don't mean to eat eat anything in particular. This is a metaphor, right? But what I mean is to fill up on the joy that belonging to Jesus brings at Christmas. On the security of what we saw earlier, knowing that our sins have been forgiven, that we can have peace with God. See, satisfy your search for meaning and identity in Jesus, the one who won't leave us hungry and thirsty. Maybe for you, you're realizing that you've spent some of this Christmas season searching for the wrong things. Maybe for you, you've realized that your whole life so far, you've been filling up on snacks, the good things that we can have in this life, but things that won't actually ultimately satisfy. See, this Christmas, let's center on Jesus, on the joy that it is to belong to him, the moment where God came and dwelt with humanity, the moment that all of history was looking forward to, where God would come and be with us so that we could be fully known and fully loved. And this Christmas, as you go out to whatever Christmas feast you're going to go to today, go out offering the bread of life to a world that's filling up on snacks. We were made to belong to Jesus. We were made for Jesus. And in him, this Christmas, we're reminded that our deepest sense of belonging and purpose and satisfaction is found in knowing him and having relationship with him. Fully known and fully loved. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful for Jesus. We're so thankful that 2,000 years ago he entered into our world and gave up his life, the most costly sacrifice for us. We're so thankful that the reality of God being with us is that we are fully known by you and fully loved by you if our hope is in Jesus. 
We're so thankful that we can be part of your family, belonging to you and trusting you. We pray this Christmas that you would help us not to fill up on snacks, but to turn and trust Jesus, the bread of life, the one who offers eternal and true life forever. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon recording from Auckland EV. We hope you found it helpful. And if you'd like to find out more about Jesus or about church, we'd love to get in touch. So check out our website at aucklandev.co.nz for more details. Thanks for listening.